The following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. some Eric Clapton for you. It's a new Christmas album, you say? Yeah, it's called uh, Happy Christmas, and he uh, released a Christmas special of it on uh, YouTube a couple months ago. So, Because you got to get ahead of the holiday season a little bit. Yeah. And I haven't had a chance to watch it, but so far the album sounds really good, so we'll feature that this hour. Okay. Good. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show with Philip Sexton sitting in. Um... Philip, you've got a couple of charts here you wanted to show and share with us, and uh, we can't obviously share them over radio, but uh, you might want to talk a little bit about them. Yeah, so, you know, everybody is, uh, I'm sure everybody has seen what's happened in the market over the past couple of months, and, uh, you know, typically when something like this starts to happen, everybody starts freaking out and saying, you know, this is, we're, we're, we're going to zero. This is this is it. You know, it was the end of the world. Always feels that way. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I just had a couple of charts to uh, to kind of uh, tamp down some of that uh, that fear. Or, you know, hopefully to help uh, help you make a rational decision with your your portfolio moving forward. Uh, this first one is from uh, MacroTrends.net. Uh, so basically what it's doing is is it went all the way back from 1928 uh through this year so far and it's tracked uh the the returns in the market every single year. So out of 90 total years of returns, you know, I went through and counted them by hand uh so you know just hope I had enough toes here but there was 29 total years of negative returns out of 90 uh since 1928 uh, about a third you know about a third <clears throat> now when you look at uh this other it's a history 
of U.S. bear and bull markets. So since 1926, and this is uh, from First Trust, actually. <coughs> so it uh, a bear or a bull market is technically considered a 20% movement uh, one way or another from a peak or a trough. Uh, you know, so it's not counting in, you know, technically we're not in a bear market yet. Uh, we're still technically considered a, in a bull market. But when you look at this, so it starts out in 1926. You've got this, you know, 3.7 year run of 193%. Then you hit the Great Depression, of course, which lasted uh, in the market 2.8 years, negative uh, 83.4% return. Now, that is, that is the, uh, Sigma six event that that is the worst of the worst right there. Following the Great Depression, you go into a thirteen point nine year bull market, uh, totaling eight hundred and fifteen percent worth of returns. Then you flip down to a six month bear market, followed by fifteen point one uh, uh, years of nine hundred and thirty five percent returns. Another six month bear market. 6.4 years after that of a uh, bull market, uh, 143% return. Uh, 1.6 year bear market, uh, down 30% in that. Uh, then you flip to a two and a half year bull market of 75.6%. Then you go 1.8 years uh, of a bear market down 42%. Then you hit 13 years almost, 12.9 to be precise, of 845% returns. Then you hit your uh, you're in the you're in the 80s at this point. You hit a three month bear market down 30 percent. Then you hit 12.8 more years of growth, 816 percent. Then 2000 through 2002 hits. That's 2.1 years of a bear market. It's down 44.7 percent. Then you hit 5.1 years of growth, up 108 percent. Then 2008 hits, and that's 1.3 years, down 50%. And as you've seen, we've had 9.6 years of 385% growth. Yeah. Now, when I'm I'm telling you this is history tells us this isn't the end of the world. Right. Uh, history tells you, if you look at this chart, history tells you uh, the worst thing you could do is to go to cash at this moment. Uh, you know, history tells you that not necessarily if, if you timed it right. Yeah. <clears throat> history tells you that, you know, typically a bear market lasts a much, much shorter period of time than a bull market. Uh, you know, when, when things, when you look at the overall economy, uh, we have many more years of good than we do bad. Uh, a lot of that, I feel like, is stirred from, first off, just generic population growth. You know, you, you, I've always stated that as long as the population continues to gradually increase in the United States, consumption will continue to gradually increase, leading to the economy to gradually increase. Right. And, you know, as long as you have everything going from that standpoint, the stock market should gradually increase over time. Now you're going to have these uh, these big swings in the market, but uh, you know I think Mike said this yesterday on the Leland Show. Uh, 
the stock market is uh, one of the few assets in the world <clears throat> where when it goes down in value by 30%. People think there's something wrong with it. Something wrong with it. You know, if Kroger puts a ad out and says, hey, meat's 30% off this, this week, what are you yeah. going to do? You're going to go buy some meat. That's right. You know, you're going to cook some tacos and some steaks and burgers and chicken. Yep. You know, it, it, it frees some of it. Exactly. You know, it, it, it's. I would say that the worst two scenarios in here were, you know, the Great Depression and the Great Recession. Uh, those were what, 70 years apart? Yeah. A little over 70 years apart. Uh, those are the two worst events. And the biggest thing that you had to be careful for, you know, if you'd have held on to what what you had, more than likely uh, you would have, if you owned the S&P 500, for example, you would have done better uh, You to just hold on and just ride it out uh, over a 60-year time horizon. But the biggest thing that you have to be careful of is making sure you avoid the pitfalls of a company that'll potentially go bankrupt. Because in those two scenarios, that's when you can see real trouble, is owning stuff that could go bust. Right. Uh, you know, that's where research plays a vital, vital role in what you're, you know, in what you're doing in your portfolio. Uh, because if you own a portfolio that, you know, and you monitor it regularly, regularly that's producing consistently then now you've got something tangible to wrap your arms around and and go back to the house with you know you've got something that you can say okay we've got this uh they don't look like there's any signs of them going bankrupt they're still paying the dividends they're still earning the money they're still producing whatever good or service that it is it's on sale that's right. That's what, and if if you can't time to buy, if you can't do that yourself, that's when you need to find somebody that can can help you. All right, we need to take a break. We'll leave it on that. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio six thirty WLAP. July. Kavanaugh. Nightmare. Demolish ice. 2018. California. Fires. Soccer players. Out of the cave. Water on Mars. 2019. North Korea. Soldiers. Happens here. Economy grew. News Radio 630. Time of your life. WLAP. At Dupree Financial Group, we do not earn commissions on your hard-earned retirement dollars. We don't sell you investment products that are difficult to understand. We do research on every security we recommend to you and follow them closely. We meet with you every six months to go over your investment performance. We don't hide from you. We communicate with you regularly about the status of your investments with us. We want you to be informed, comfortable, and happy. If all this sounds too good to be true, give us a try. Call us at 859-233-0400, and we'll set up a no-cost, no-obligation review of your retirement investment portfolio. You may be pleasantly surprised to find out what sort of services are available to you, the retirement investor. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP.
be home for the holidays Thinking I'd stay away I don't know I can't wait to see your smiley face Baby, I'm on the way Hold on Back on the Tom Dupree Show So you have here an article about BlackRock Energy ETF sends big investor fleeing his oil slumps. Tell me about that. Okay. Um, so the article itself, it talks about uh, it talks about people dumping energy stocks out of this ETF. Uh, now, an ETF is just a a fund that tracks you know a certain ex- exchange most of the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are passive. Uh, the thing that I wanted to talk about here <clears throat> is actually how ETFs have, uh, have helped the person that does their, their research on a daily basis. Uh, I, <clears throat> I coined the term yesterday, actually, it's, uh, called beta manipulation. <laughs> I made this term up in my head. So when you look at an ETF, let's say a, a market cap weighted ETF. Uh, and I'm going to use this, for example, an energy ETF. Uh, and you're buying all these these energy stocks. And anytime you put, you know, let's say $1,000 in the ETF, it goes and proportionally buys all these energy stocks. Well, if it's market cap weighted, things like Exxon, BP, uh, Chevron, you know, these are your, your bigger pieces that you're buying with your $1,000. Now... You're buying all these other little things too. So what you've done now is anytime a lot of money flows into this ETF, you've got a lot more of that money going into the bigger players, pushing that price up. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, what you've seen here is this this sell-off. Well, when people take money out, what you're trying to do is you're trying to de-risk from energy at that point but like if if let's say you own the whole basket full of stocks and you were actually doing the research now what you're trying to do is you're trying to sell some of those second and third tier you know companies that that need a much higher oil price to make money you know you're looking at at a company like exxon and you're saying hey they're still producing this much cash flow they still it's an integrated oil company they've still got the refinery side of the business that's doing this, you know, chemical side that's doing this. And Exxon looks a lot more attractive to hold on to as an investment. Well, this causes you to sell it. Right. So once again, it pushes that beta up in a volatile market. Well, that allows people like uh, you and me, who've researched the company to say, wow, we're, you know, we're getting some of this stuff on sale because when, when you look at things, okay, you know, they've fallen just as much as this guy that's got four oil rigs in, in the middle of, uh, (laughs) in the middle of the plains, Texas over here, popping holes in the ground. Yeah. And they've got this huge conglomerate that just churns cash flow. And a balance sheet that's five times stronger than this guy ever thought about being. But they're at the same multiples. Yeah. So that that's 
that was the biggest thing, you know, when I was when I was going through this is this this kind of aha moment hit. You know, the that when you look at ETF passive in, investing, you know, where you just oh just buy this index and buy this index. What you're creating is is you're creating beta manipulation. That is my that is my phrase that I'm going to use. You know, it's you're you're pushing prices of stuff without valuing right what what the underlying there's no it's just willy nilly exactly there's no research being done and I would I would caution people to you know really think about this when when they're investing you know ETFs are they're they're fine but at the same time there's a lot to be said. At someone who can, on the back end of that, say, well, okay, you know, the, all this money into this ETF has made uh, made this stock very expensive. You know, maybe I should dump it, you know, take my gains and move to something from an opportunity cost standpoint that can get me an equivalent yield but isn't as overvalued. Right. Uh, on the flip side, wow, all this flow out of this ETF has made – Exxon Mobil look cheap or something like that. You know, maybe I should go buy me some. Right. You know, of course, nothing that we say on here. I, I use the term Exxon as a hypothetical situation. Nothing we say on here is a should ever be considered a recommendation. Yeah. Uh, You're just talking about how ETFs can affect the market and can kind of, uh, pervert the market a little bit or or it's extended in ways that are unhealthy the herd mentality causes a herd mentality of sorts so all the herd coming into the investment actually causes the herd of stocks to move in lockstep right that's that's the most interesting part yep so you have here an article about a pension fund in Pennsylvania that paid a billion dollars in fees to managers. Yes, sir. Talk a little bit about that. So Pennsylvania's largest public, it's, it was uh, out of Bloomberg, actually. It's written by Janet Lauren. It says, uh, Pennsylvania's largest public pension fund paid $1 billion in expenses to outside managers in fiscal 2017 and uh, should consolidate its investment office with the state employees fund, according to a study. Uh, the recommendations come from a state commission report released Thursday that looked at ways to reduce costs at the state's largest funds, uh, Pennsylvania Public Schools Employees Retirement System, known as PECERS. Uh, institutional investors, including college endowments and public pensions, are seeking to reduce costs by examining fees paid to managers. Uh so it says the crea- the commission created by state law last year was charged with finding three billion in savings in the two pensions over thirty years. Uh, so as as a financial advisor, you know this this article spoke to me because anyone who is looking to invest in their retirement, uh needs to be cognizant of all fees being paid right you know you need to look at what am i paying first off for the advisor that's advising me 
well then what is he putting me in or are there fees associated with that mm-hmm. you know because ultimately when you look at this pennsylvania pension thing well there are people that are already being paid to manage the money and put it where it needs to be put now they're putting it into things that are generating outsized fees yeah per se um you know certain hedge funds and this and that well now you you the biggest not the biggest one of one of a very big thing that can hurt a person in retirement is layers and layers of fees it erodes what you're actually able to produce yeah you know and, and i think that that that's one thing that we're very big about hanging our hat on uh that's why we talk about we pick our own stocks pick our own bonds you know because we understand that the lower the amount of fees the less erosion that happens in a person's portfolio Mm -hmm. the more that they can capture for themselves uh and especially when you're trying to produce income for yourself to live off of to pay those electric bills the cable bill the water bill whatever the bill may be you can't have extra fees eating pieces of that pie yeah because there's only so much of it you know and i think that that's something that uh you should really just sit down and look at I, I would recommend everybody who's listening today to sit down and look at what they're invested in and how much they're paying mm-hmm. you know because every mutual fund out there has a management fee associated with it every etf has an expense you know a, a management fee associated with it so really look and boil it down you know to what your total payment is right stop dead in your tracks I'm, there. I'm sorry the music just this hits me it's like a dog you hear the music you're like oh stay, <laughs> stay with us stop. you're listening to the tom dupree show it's news radio 630 wlap my house has a new It's Leland Conway. Right now, for every window you buy, you get the next window free, plus 0% financing for 36 months. Call 859-300-8600 or go to universalwindowsdirect.com. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. Come into Quantro Volvo today during our Sweden's Greeting Holiday Sales Event for exceptional deals, finance, and lease options on your new Volvo. Volvo Cars is proud to introduce the all-new 19S60 and the all-new 19XC40 compact SUV. Volvo Cars are some of the most progressive, elegant, and technologically advanced vehicles in the world. So don't buy any sedan or SUV until you've test-driven these cutting-edge head-turners. Investigate Volvo Cars and SUVs at Quantrell today. It's the biggest music festival of the year, and it's coming to the CW. The iHeartRadio Music Festival. Don't miss the iconic performances. Justin Timberlake. Mariah Carey. We've got Fleetwood Mac here. You've been incredible, and I've been Jack White. Powerful moments. Tonight, we are all proud to be Vegas Strong. Love this city. Love everything it stands for. Plus, some special surprises you are not going to want to miss. Watch our must-see iHeartRadio Music Festival Sunday, December 30th, and Monday, December 31st at 8 on the CW.
skies becoming partly cloudy on this Saturday. We'll see an afternoon temperature topping out into the upper 30s to near 40 degrees. Light rain and maybe a touch of light snow back into the picture for travelers on Sunday. Christmas Eve looks dry and another little weak system on Christmas Day. Have a great weekend. I'm WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. Message and data rates may apply. When did it become okay for men to be lazier, softer, fatter? We need to bring the men of this country back to greatness. And it's easier than ever with Ageless Male Max, a patent-pending formula with an ingredient that helps boost your total testosterone promoting greater increases in muscle size and twice the reduction of body fat percentage than exercise alone. Plus, an amazing 64% increase in nitric oxide, which can be handy in the gym and in the bedroom. Take your manhood to the max by trying your first 30-day bottle free. Just pay shipping and handling. Not 10 days, not 15 days, but a full 30-day supply free when you text the word BOSS to 797979. Finally, a formula that boosts total testosterone. If your results with Ageless Male Max are too intense, please decrease use. For your free bottle, text BOSS to 797979. Text B-O-S-S to 797979. 34 million Americans smoke. That's about one in seven people. Not every smoker wants to continue using cigarettes. Juul was designed by smokers for smokers to be a satisfying alternative to cigarettes. Juul is a vapor product that contains nicotine for a satisfying transition. If you're one of the 34 million adults who smoke, know that there is an alternative to cigarettes. Make the switch at Juul.com. That's J-U-U-L.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. Got an article here about what's the debt burden for Americans entering retirement. Yeah, so the last two articles and this one, you know, it's really focused on the the person in retirement, nearing retirement. Uh, Yeah, don't mind all the bubbles. There's actually a little game you could play on Wall Street. You could click all the, to, to take your guess, and then it gave you all the answers. Uh, <laughs> there's a few things on here. So it says, uh, debt is a bigger problem for households run by 60-plus-year-olds than it used to be. Dating back to 1989, the average debt of a household run by 60, uh, 60 and over was 15500 Uh Today, it stands at 57000 $300. Uh, debt loads of seniors have steadily climbed since the 90s. Uh, so half of half of these families have some sort of debt. Uh, back in 1992, 32% of families, uh, 32% of seniors had some sort of debt. Now it's up to 50. Um, more Americans age 75 or older were exposed to mortgages. Uh, so you look at the total people with mortgage debt in 2007 before the financial crisis was 14%. Uh, today it's up to 27%. Uh, number four was, uh, 
older Americans piled on more student debt between 2010 uh, and 17 than the youngest did. Uh, it says that age 60 to 69, uh, you've got student debt totaling 33,800 versus 18 to 29 of 25,000. Uh, it's, it's very interesting. It's got all these charts here, but it says that seniors got into this predicament because of two decades of overborrowing, higher medical costs, and rising college tuitions. Uh, you look at, you know, a lot of times they were, uh, using, you know, mortgage money, uh, to, to refinance certain things coming out of the financial crisis, uh, and they were using they uh you know coming out of the financial crisis as well they were going back to school to potentially learn new trades uh you know when when you're 45 or you know 50 years old going back to school to learn a new trade is uh that's that's maybe not the wisest of choices uh at that point in time yeah unless you really need the income and yes need to need the schooling in order to get the income yes and, you know, you're taking on a lot of excess debt, uh, not to mention when you look at what's happened with the inflation rate of tuition. You know, right. it, it's not like it was back when you went to college. No, that's true. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of that is stemming from everybody goes to college, so and everybody gets financial aid, so why not, right? Uh, but really what I wanted to boil this down to was, this is this is a a piece of the equation. You know, I, the last break I said you need to look at what your fees are that you're paying mm -hmm. to to manage your money. <clears throat> On this flip side of the equation, you need to look at what expenses you have, which ones can go away, which ones are there to stay. You know, what what debts there are, how long do those debts last? What are the interest rates on those debts? You know, and, and that's something that uh, at the pre-financial group we, we like to do. We like to sit down with you. We like to go over, hey, you know, what does your whole financial picture look like? Because ultimately what we're trying to do is to create that portfolio that has an income production that meets your expenses. And I'm not saying just... You know, your light bill and your water bill. I'm saying your total expenses, the expenses that you're paying us, the expenses that, you know, you're paying for your house. Now, the other side of that coin, too, is we're going to tell you if that is not a realistic goal. Yeah. You know, we're we're not going to sit there and you come in and say, well, I got $100,000 and I'm going to need to produce $20,000 a year in income from it. We're you can gonna, do that for five years. Yeah, we're going to look at you and we're going to say, all right, buddy, uh, you need to go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, retirement is not an option for you currently. That's uh, right. You know, it, it th this, the past two or three things, you know, they all kind of tie in to, first off, you need to know what you're paying for what you're, what you're getting. Second off, you need to know what you're investing in. Mm -hmm. You know, are you just following the herd? Uh, are you trying to produce an income? Are you trying to chase growth? What 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 is your investment approach? And is it 
right for where you're at in life at that point in time. Uh, the third thing is you need to look at what your expenses are on a day-to-day -day basis, not from the management of your portfolio, but from what you need to live off of. Mm -hmm. Because that is what you can make a firm decision on. Is it is, is it okay to retire or not? You know, is is it okay to to take a step back? And that's another thing uh, that you know, and, and you've really uh, you've really tickled guy with this too. You know, is your your candidness towards towards people? You know, when we go over this situation, there's been a few times where you'll you'll look at them and say, you know, maybe you should maybe try a part time job to help supplement yeah. some of this. You know, it, it's it's. I guess that's what I'm really trying to say is we're going to tell you we're going to tell you the ugly truth whether right you know it, it could be the beautiful truth but we're going to tell you the truth <laughs> the truth is always beautiful <laughs> and I believe you should really think about that when when you're looking at who to go with to manage your money yeah you know because this is a this is a relationship that you can't you can't mess up too many times in in your life. Yeah. Because there's only so much of, of life to go. Japan finally concedes its crazy low prices can't be beat. What's going on with that? <clears throat> so, now this is, this is uh, I'm going to do my e economist lesson for the day. So, Japan has uh, for many, many years tried to hit a 2% inflation goal. Uh, through fiscal and, and um, monetary policies, uh, right. many, many different policies, trying to spur that 2% inflation. Uh, so it's, it's uh, from the Wall Street Journal, and it's uh, Megumi Fujikawa. I said that correctly. Uh, Japan has virtually given up on reaching 2% inflation after nearly six years of trying. An argument gaining ground in Tokyo holds that the inflation goal, once seen as paramount, doesn't matter so much after all. Employment is more important than targeting prices, says uh, Koichi Hamada, an economist and retired Yale University professor who was one of the architects of Prime Minister Abe's pro-growth... Abe. Abe. Yeah. Prime Minister Abe's <laughs> pro-growth Abenomics. Uh, the notion runs against the priorities long established by Bank of Japan uh, Governor, I'm not even... Kuroda. Kuroda. As well as global consensus among central bankers that it is important to set an inflation target of 2% or more and commit to meeting it. Uh, it goes on, it gives a few examples in here of uh, some food, some restaurant places uh, that tried to raise, uh, tried to raise their prices and they actually saw sales declines of 5% monthly uh, by doing so. And basically, there's no pricing power from anywhere in Japan. Uh, we talked about this in the first break, you know, how I talked about population and, and demographics. And that is what really drives an economy more so than I think any, any, fa any other one factor. And uh, I've got some, some population numbers on Japan as my prime example here. So, since uh, 
2000 their current population right now is 127 million 27,216 uh they have had that uh so dating back to 2015 population was 127,974,958 so they're declining they've declined for four straight years uh when you look at the birth rate in japan and this is from index monday.com the birth rate in japan is 7.7 births for every 1,000 people in the population and that's a 2017 estimate the death rate for the 2017 estimate was 9.8 deaths per 1,000 and the migration rate big fat zero so the problem that japan has nobody's moving in nobody's moving in they're not popping babies out quicker than people are going in the ground and you've got less people to buy the same amount of goods and services right that right there is why you're never going to hit the two percent goal in japan mm -hmm. if that continue if that trend continues it's an interesting point you know be, because ultimately ultimately you can only buy so much shampoo right you know what are you gonna eventually just say ah you know just for the sake of helping the economy helping i'll the buy economy. two bottles i'm gonna start doubling down on on showers per day i'm gonna i'm gonna take three showers today instead of instead of my normal one or something like that you know we were well you know what i think i'm gonna eat a fourth meal today <laughs> you can't do that it, it, it just doesn't make sense so that's that's why I, that's why when i look at the market and the economy my biggest thing that I like to look at is what does our population growth look like? Mm -hmm. You know, because as long as we have a positive population growth, we should over a long period of time have a positive growth in GDP because you've got more people there to consume. Yep. You've got more people there to work and produce to make money to consume. That's right. You know, it's it's this big circle, and that's why when you look at a lot of other countries, you know, you look at China. I mean, look at they're they're huge, huge country, and their population from a consumption standpoint. Uh, the other part of that is is as as a comp a country like China becomes more and more advanced, you know things get more expensive so that's the other side of the growth rate for them as well that's you know everybody compares oh the u.s you know is only growing at four percent and china's growing at seven percent well there's a reason behind that you know we're, we're so far ahead of china in terms of of certain infrastructures and, and technologies right. that you know we, we we're a much more mature country yeah so economically economically much more economically developed. Okay, more than 380,000 federal employees face furlough and shutdown, and that's actually happening right now. Yes, that is. Uh, I, I asked you on the Leland Conway show yesterday, and I found my answer. I said, uh, how many, uh, who, who still gets paid when the government shuts down? And uh, so this, this article kind of touches on that. So 
It says the agencies that uh, will close this weekend include the Justice Department, Homeland Security, State Department, Housing and Urban Development, Transportation, the Treasury Department, Agricultural Department, the Commerce Department, and the Interior Department. Uh, more than 380,000 employees would be furloughed, including more than 80% of National Park Service staff, 95% of housing and urban development, uh, and 52,000 IRS staffers, according to uh, Democrats sitting on the Senate Appropriations Committee. More than 420,000 uh, would be working without pay uh, until the shutdown ends. So wow. I found that interesting. So the ones that would be working out without pay would be uh, the FBI agents, the Coast Guard employees, and the Forest Service firefighters. Now, as a private sector employee, I don't know how I would quite react if you came to me, Tom, and said, well, I'm uh, going to pay you three months from now. Yeah. <laughs> That would, if I can. If I can. That'd be a hard sell. Hold on to that thought <laughs> while we take a break. It is the Tom Dupree Show with Philip Sexton, News Radio 630 WLAP. August. California. Holy Hellfire. 2018. 3D guns. The United States Mexico trade agreement. John McCain. Aretha Franklin. Champagne wishes. 2019. Baseball. Happens here. News Radio 630 WLAP. At Dupree Financial Group, we do not earn commissions on your hard-earned retirement dollars. We don't sell you investment products that are difficult to understand. We do research on every security we recommend to you and follow them closely. We meet with you every six months to go over your investment performance. We don't hide from you. We communicate with you regularly about the status of your investments with us. We want you to be informed, comfortable, and happy. If all this sounds too good to be true, give us a try. Call us at 859-233-0400, and we'll set up a no-cost, no-obligation review of your retirement investment portfolio. You may be pleasantly surprised to find out what sort of services are available to you, the retirement investor. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. I love to spend this Christmas sitting by the fire with you. Well, I love to spend this Christmas sitting by the fire with you. on the Tom Dupree show. Is that still that Clapton album? Yeah. Hmm. All right. Jim Cramer, why own stocks at all? <laughs> I figured okay. you might want to say a couple of things about that. Yeah, yeah. So uh Jim Cramer, the uh the interesting uh was it Mad Money TV host? Yep. Uh so he goes on, he says, uh, why own stocks at all? Why even bother? Why not just own CDs? Uh, what happened to there's always a bull market 
somewhere. Uh, so he says, these are all legitimate questions. Uh, they make all of the sense in the world. I know I woke up in a pool of sweat this morning, uh, just bummed out and furious. Furious at the Fed for being so foolish. Furious at the president for trying to compromise the Fed by ham-handed pressure. And furious at the ill-advised acolytes in the media and at brokerage and hedge funds who applauded Jerome Powell for his imprudent statements yesterday. Uh, this is something we touched on earlier is, is how he, uh, you know, had made very aggressive statements instead of, you know, really saying we'll see and we'll look at what the data is. Uh, so, you know, Kramer kind of goes on in here and he, uh, let me find it. Uh, you know, he talks, well, first off, he talks about my inability to influence these policies. One iota uh, is what causes the pool of sweat. Uh, Phil is powerless uh, as he did back in 2007 when he ran it at the Fed about the need to switch directions and stop tightening. Um, you know, ultimately, there are certain things that you don't have control over uh, in your everyday life. Uh, he talks about, he talks to everyday people, you know, corporate America, uh, and that if he could get the Fed... Uh, and he could give them example after example, real life examples of why they need to wait now on raising rates uh, because uh, the confidence just isn't there right now. Uh, until, so he says, look, I'm not sanguine about the situation. We are due for a bounce and we can't even seem to get it, but we will. When it happens, you need to trim your bad stocks if you own individual stocks. Bad being that the fundamentals have gotten noticeably weaker and higher grade yourself. Uh, we talk about fundamental investing. You know, as long as you've got sound fundamentals, you're in a sound situation. Uh, until then, I think the odds do not favor stockholders. You're fighting an ill-advised Fed. Uh, but when they recognize they are wrong, as wrong as I said they were in 2007, you will, uh, you will be angry at me if I told you to get out. Uh so he even doesn't recommend getting out. Yeah. Uh, you know, he talks about he's currently putting a piece of his money into stocks, too. Uh, he's shifted his allocations. So new money coming in isn't going 100% into stocks currently. It's He's got some going into some fixed income as well. Um, but he definitely sees that at some point, you know, there's going to be a bounce, uh, a bottom. Right. You know, the things don't last forever, uh, good or bad. You know, that's you. The when you look at Warren Buffett's track record, you know, he he didn't he didn't make it this far on a market that just was always good. Yep. You know, because things would get too expensive, you wouldn't be able to buy it. You know, when you look at the majority of his purchases come in times like these. You know, he, he hoards up cash. 2017, he was hoarding cash. You know, yep. that was a great year, and he said, I don't want to buy anything. It's all too expensive. Right. I'm, I'm hoarding cash. So, you know, when you look at what you're trying to do as an investor, I think it really boils down to there's certain things you can't control. But there's a lot of things that you can. You can control your fundamental analysis. 
you can control what kind of uh, income production you're looking at. You can control your expenses to some extent as well. You know, right. you, you, you can you can do all these three things. Uh, but you can't control what the Fed's going to do. You can't control what Trump and China are going to agree on. You can't control if the government's going to shut down. You know, those are, those are things that you can't control. Right. Companies can't control that either. They That's can, true. AT&T, Exxon, GE, you know, all, all these big conglomerate companies, they can't control it. They can control that AT&T can control that you're still going to call people on your cell phone. Exxon can control that you're still going to go to the gas pump because you're going to need to drive somewhere. You know, I I said GE, they, they're still going to sell airplane engines. Uh, What was the other one I said? Did I say another one? Yeah, I don't remember which one. Whatever. They're yeah. still selling something. That's right. <laughs> so when you look at this, you look at your portfolio, you look at it and you say, okay, it's still producing the income that I want it to produce. Right. You know, now it's actually cheaper to buy that income. Maybe I should buy more of that income right now. Yeah, and if you're interested in figuring out what to do in this market, you can give us a call at 254, I'm sorry, 233-0400 at Dupree Financial Group and uh, give us, let us sit down with you and go over your portfolio. Um, yeah, if you and if you can't figure out how much you're paying in expenses or what you're producing in or income, what your goal is or what your goal, what is. you own inside your mutual funds and things like that, you should give us a call. Check out our website at DupreeFinancial.com. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Uh, we hope you have a good Christmas, good weekend. Go Cats. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial, on News Radio 630 WLAP.